Um, so you've been open since 2017, is it a bit earlier? We started the business in 2013. Oh, 2013. Okay. Yeah, so I, I don't come from a hospitality background. No, I heard that. Local government. Yeah, local government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically I was on paternity leave with my son and got bored. Yeah. And had a real think about what's going on in my life and what I enjoy doing and what I want to do. And essentially I do the barbecue. Yeah. So, we, so in... It was born in 2011, 2012 I was in Patley, spent pretty much a whole year planning the mobile kind of barbecue setup scenario. And at this point, no, barbecue weren't a big thing in Australia. No. Right, so it was very, it was very unique at the time. So you discovered that through your wife through uh, Nashville, is that right? So grandma lived in Nashville. Yep. Yeah, so we we had plenty of barbecue in Nashville. and it just really like it, it, it. She's from Florida, like Miami originally. So there was a barbecue joint just outside of Miami. Miami didn't used to be what it is now. No. So there's still these kind of kind of country looking places. Um, and there's a barbecue joint there that I just fell in love with, like in 2005. Yeah. And I've been chasing barbecue ever since. Wow. And so you, but you've been over there and um, worked, worked, and yeah. learned all about it, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So about this was. 2016, just before we signed the lease on this joint, um, I was over in Georgia at Southern Soul Barbecue, and I did about a week or so over there, just learning everything that I could in terms of a restaurant scenario. Yeah. You know how to cook for hundreds and hundreds of people on a single day. Yeah. How to hot hold, how to cook it, how to store it, like everything really. but the cool thing about it, well, they didn't really teach me anything. I didn't really ready know yeah. about cooking barbecue and actually, you know, how to create something that replicate what you've had in the States. But yeah. It's more about the mass production side of it, which I really kind of got a lot out of working there. Yeah. Um, but it's neat. Really, really neat. They were lovely. Yeah. Were really cool people to work with. So they're massive um, barbecues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Burners, whatever. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, there's a few places around Melbourne now, yeah. and um, we go to the Bontong a bit. Yeah, yeah. But they're a lot smaller than that. Like they yeah, are, they're epic. They are epic, yeah. yeah. So they've come from the state. No, 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 no. I got them built here. Did you? So we were, like, I've got, you can see I've got barbecue kind of dotted everywhere. Yeah. So I've got, oh. so I had these built. So these are old LPG tanks. Oh, wow. They're okay. 10 mil thick steel. They weigh about two and a half a tonne. They're five metres long. They're all exactly the same. Um, I got a guy over in Essendon, like Airport Westway, kind of to build them for me. Yeah. Um, Silver Creek Smokers built them for me. Like Paul. He built my first barbecue, um, which I took out on the road and did all the kind of mobile kind of markets and private catering and whatnot. And now he's built these ones. Yeah. And these are super cool. Like, no one's got them. No. Yeah, so they're 10 mil thick, like... They've all got date stamps when they were originally built. So there's, there's one from like 1980, 1982 and another one from 1970. Yeah, oh, so wow. they all got... That's so awesome. And they've all got history. They've all got... And yeah, they're just magic. Yeah. But I love them. And how much meat did you fit in one of those? So do you have one per kind of meat or do you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one's the front one's beef. Yeah. Middle one's pork. And then the back one's chicken and other... Whatever else we need to put on there to kind of cook. Like yeah. you want to put barbecue beans on there or... You know, it's veggies and other bits and bobs going through. Okay. And they just 
tick over beautifully all day long. Yeah, how long does the how long's the brisket on like the beef on? For? Eight to twelve hours. Yeah, so we get in nice and early. Yeah. Light them up and then just they just run all day long. Are you using Australian hardwood? Is that what you... yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. So barbecue in America is traditional. Like it's traditional that it's in the sense that it's everything's local. Yes. So if you cook in Georgia, you cook in Peachwood, you uh, cook in Post Oak, you're in Texas, you cook in Mesquite. There's plenty of hickory in Texas as well. But everywhere you go, has got its own signature through the wood that it uses. So to kind of work in with that vibe, uh, we use what's local to us. Number one, like it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. To get the stuff that's readily available into your, like, your local area, then import it or drag it from somewhere else. So yeah. that's how that's how these kind of barbecue flavours came about, was because it was regional. Mm. Um, so red gum's regional to us, it's the firewood that's readily available. If you go up to Queensland you'll be using iron bark. Like it's just Yeah. Just makes sense. That's right. Yeah, so well, I'm not I'm, you know, I'm trying to recreate what they've done in the States, but essentially using what we've got available here yeah and it builds that connection to place doesn't it you know like the fact that we use Australian hardwood we're not trying to import wood from other places like no. it really creates this sense of identity inside this bigger realm of barbecue yeah well everything's so localised looking like your meat's all really local and the, um, yeah. and the beer and wine list is super local like probably yeah. the furthest away is like Yarra Glen or Yarra Valley oh, <laughs> yeah like the wine the wine's all Mornington Peninsula yeah beer is Victorian, yeah, um, but mainly it's mainly like from the local. So it's like Mr. Banks is in Seaford, yeah, Dayton's down the road in Caram Downs, Mornington's in Mornington's Mornington, yeah, yeah, it's all. Where else we got? Jetty Road, Dramana, like yeah. everything's local. We don't because we, but we believe in like we, we've got B Corp certification, so it's like we believe in sustainability, right. and doing good by the planet and all that jazz. So does that take a lot to sort of? build up to be able to yeah, then yeah it takes six months right of, and it's rigorous yes so we, we're like we've been committed to that one like i've always like in terms of meat like it's always best to be free range and grass-fed grass-fed because number one cows hang about a lot and feed lots otherwise and get stuff full of grain yeah. day in day out the grain production is slowly probably killing the planet yes like it just is it makes the, the ground pretty much arid so if we can keep it grass-fed, keep it as local as possible, keep it free-range, like, we're doing our bit. Yeah. We're in a world that doesn't really kind of historically care too much about, you know, that side of things. Like, we're, yeah. the, first, we're the first B Corp restaurant in the country. Well, oh, wow. Yeah, okay. and we're the first B Corp business on the peninsula. Okay. And with it, like, I don't know, like, the, the, the restaurant world doesn't really have that sort of accreditation of its own. Yes. So we've kind of, we've used the B Corp you know, thing to kind of hang our hat on and say, you know, this is what we do. We believe in it. We're not just talking the talk. We've had it proven by, you know, a third party organisation comes yeah. in and gives you a tick. Yeah, says, yeah, yeah, you are doing it. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to get. So that means um, the suppliers that you're using and um, yeah. what, like down, obviously the straws you're using, I noticed as well. Yeah, they disintegrate on you. But yeah. Like, but- <laughs> They are what they are. Everything, yeah, yeah. So we try to minimise uh, just our impact on the environment. Yeah. But it's also, B Corp's also about how you treat your staff. Like, we give our staff programmes where they can go off and volunteer and other bits right. and bobs like that. Everyone's paid by the book. 
either on the award or above the award. Mm. You know, I know we're just, you know, hospitality sometimes is famous for not necessarily doing the right thing by yeah. employees, and we don't like we believe that everyone should be paid. Yeah. You know, a fair wage because it's hard work. Yeah. It's really yeah, hard no, work. It's isn't really it? hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Especially walking around on this concrete. That's pretty, that's pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get monster calves, though. Like, you've yeah. got some good looking calves kicking around this joint. Yeah. Um, what, so, what, moving now, you've, you're fully fledged and part of the hospitality society, yeah. brethren. Um, what was the most surprising thing for you, though? Something or something that you didn't really expect? Ooh. Or did it all just go according to plan? Oh, what, in terms of starting the business? Yeah. Uh, Nothing really went wrong. <laughs> right, so we like we're, back in day one, we got advice around starting small. Like we could, because Melissa had done a bit of hospitality in the states, you know, but she hadn't done it for years. By the time we kind of had this idea, but we spoke, we spoke to, we spoke to one another for years about what are the things that would translate well from America. And I always loved barbecue, and I always thought barbecue would do really, really well here. Mm. Um, but like starting off, we didn't have much experience, so. We start small, I bought a $130 marquee, made about $10,000, half of it went on branding, because everyone loves some good branding, Yeah. Um, and the rest of it went on a barbecue and on a trailer and off we went. Um, and through that process I pretty much made no money, Yeah. but I got an education yeah. for nothing, pretty much. But, you know, there was points in time where it was such incredibly hard work mm. that you know, especially when it's mobile and it was small, it's actually easier work now. Where I've got staff and I've got a building and I've got everything here that I need to run a restaurant yeah. or a food business. When I was mobile, I didn't have any of that. You know, everything was done by hand. Dishes were done by hand. Wow. You know, you'd, you'd pack up your trailer, you'd cook, pack up your trailer, leave, get to an event, unpack everything, set things up, serve for hours, unpack it, bring it home, wash it up. But with something like your business, would you? You'd have to get there like. Or, or what happens? You've already cooked it. It's all done. It's all done, and you just go, okay. So yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, you can't do it. Otherwise. No, no. But even within that kind of model, you've got to figure out how can you create all this food without going mad? Because yeah, it yeah. takes it takes twelve, you know, at least twelve hours, really. Like, and then you've got other things in between. Yeah. Like it's that's why that's why having the the, the, the bricks and mortar site has been so amazing for us. It's yeah. like everything's here. When did this open? Uh, 2016, 2017? Yeah. Yeah. We've been what open nearly two years. Okay. Nearly two years. Okay. Yeah. So it's January 2017. On a main street kind of location. No. Unless you had a whopper of a building. Yes. And you had really nice neighbours who wouldn't complain about your smoke. Yeah. So, like, you know, the fact that my restaurant, I don't know, a huge portion of it's dedicated to those things. Yeah. So you need well, it to... You need it massive. And, like, you know, what, like, we had to kind of compartmentalise the building for fire rigs. So I had a choice of kind of hiding my kitchen or hiding my smokers. And I was like, everyone wants to see it. So we don't like we don't hide what we do. Like everyone can come in and yeah. part of the part of the the joy of this joint is the spectacle of it all. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you come in, you see the smokers, you see you see people cooking barbecue, shoveling wood, 
you know, you often see the guy with a forklift truck bring the big apple crates of wood around the corner. Oh, yeah, that's cool. He's got our, we get our wood from, like, two doors down. Yeah. <laughs> he comes around with a forklift. Wow. But, um, yeah, it's the, it's the best location. Like, really, like, I couldn't have, like, I've won a lottery with this joint. Yeah, yeah. Like, do, you, do you live on the peninsula? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I live in Manalazo. Oh, perfect. Yeah, okay. so we yeah. just... But my commute used to be to St Kilda yeah. from Mornington. Yeah. And then we moved to Analyzer and opened this joint up. And now my commute's 20 minutes up the hill every day past cows. It's so beautiful down there too. Yeah, yeah it's magic. Oh, it's like, honestly, it's been so good for us. Like, it's good for family, good for, like, the peninsula's really kind of blown up. Yeah. In terms of the destination to kind of holiday. And it can be a day trip. Yeah. And that's the joy of oh, it. It's an hour from me. It's an hour. That's right, yeah. It used to take me an hour to get from St Kilda to Fitzroy on Punt Road. Oh, I know. It's you know what I mean? It's yeah. ridiculous, yeah. So it's like in an hour I could be down yeah. here. Exactly. And um, would you have ever believed when you were um, a young whippersnapper back in England that this would be what you were doing? No. <laughs> I don't know. No, like, I Has went... barbecue taken off in England? It's getting there, slowly. Yeah. It's not like it is here. No. Barbecue's massive. Yeah, it and is. it's getting bigger and bigger every year. And I think you know when the Aussie dollar was really kind of like uh, strong against the US, a lot of people started going to mega America for holidays. Mm. I think that's where the influence started to kind of really pick up. Okay. When yeah. Every, when everyone was going, that's around when the burger scene was exploding too. You know, like suddenly burger joints became in vogue. Yeah. I think a lot of people went to the states during that time and came back with all these great ideas. Yeah. Which could translate. Um, but um, no, the, the answer to no when I was in England. I went on the traditional journey for like most young people in England. Like I went to school, after school I wondered what I'd do. So I went to university, got myself a degree, not really still not knowing what I wanted to do, and then I got a job, which I, you know, which you do. And it took me until I was 27 to figure out what I wanted to do. And even, like, most people don't even figure it out then. No. Might spend a whole life not knowing. Yeah, exactly. But it, I was fortunate enough that, what, you know, I had a bit of support around me. Like, my wife was very encouraging of yeah. this. Yeah. And this has been, you know, the impact in the early days of my family were immense. You know, going away at markets and cooking for hours. Oh, absolutely. You know, so it's been, like, and now the joy of it is that we get, we work together, which is lovely. Um, most people don't think that's the truth, but it is. Like, it's like we get to see one another. When she was a teacher, she worked incredibly hard mm. and was absent from the family, kind of doing teachery things, oh, like yeah. marking papers and lesson plans and whatnot. Now we work together on the same thing. And the children, like, they, they come up here and spend time with us. And, yeah. But, like, in a normal job, they can't bring really kids in. No, it's like the perfect local and family job, really, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, I love it. It's, it's been good to us and it gives us the freedom to do what we want to do and when we need to do it yeah but that freedom has taken a long time to achieve of course and if we build another one I'm sure that will happen again like, are you going to build another one is maybe, it the plan maybe oh. you never know you never know I'm kind of oh. like I'm really keen like yeah. I'm keen to do it we'll get this one this one ticks over kind of two years in beautifully now like it's still yeah. like the first year was teething like no one's really kind of done barbecue on this scale before you know but even the city in the inner city joints like they're not like this no this is massive and I, I've, <laughs> I've heard about it from lots of people and um, 
and so Charlie's parents live in Balnearing, so we're down this way quite a lot. And I kept thinking, oh, I must get to that barbecue place, and I hadn't really envisaged. And then someone said to me, oh, it's sort of behind the servo, and I was like, oh, I can't even, even imagine what that would look like. Yeah, yeah. But um, driving down here and just seeing your little lights hanging up, and it's and then just seeing the expanse, it's cool. Like, it's, yeah, we need busy times. Weekends. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weekend-based business. And winter versus summer, is there any? Uh, summer's the January's choppers. Yeah. Uh, first bit anyway. December's busy. January is too busy as nuns, really. Um, but we're busy all year round now because of Peninsula Loop. Yeah. Really, like. Yeah. You know, people kept saying, "Oh, Martin, like you're going to struggle through winter." Well, we ain't necessarily. No. Like you got a kind of. You know, tighten your belt a little bit, but yeah. like, you know, people are still coming down. Like it's, it, I think we just beat the Yarra Valley as number one. Not my business personally, but the region just beat the Yarra Valley as the, the the number one day trip and overnight region in the state. Yeah. So it's like it's blown up. Yeah. So it's good. That's right. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really, really good. And just to get back to the meat, because I know from talking to um, a couple of other barbecue. Um, Tips masters or chefs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they talk about the, these different um, different approaches according to different areas in America. So some like to do wet like marinades, yeah, and some yeah, do yeah, yeah, things yeah. afterwards. What's yeah, the story? Yeah, re- regional stuff. Yeah. So I, the, the, I, it was a southern, right? Yeah. So it's southern, but essentially that's just a bunch of different states. <laughs> True. So. My big, my big approach is always. I, I love East Coast style barbecue, which is your, you know, your South Carolina, North Carolina. Like I like a, I like a gold sauce. I like a, like a vinegary tart based sauce. Um, so those regions use sauces. Main, majority pork and beef. So I'm really in the pork and beef. Texas is a thing. Texas has really blown up in regards to barbecue, mm. and not to have brisket and beef ribs on the menu would be just like mental. You, yeah. you couldn't do it. No. Um, but like I went to Georgia to cook barbecue. All the places I've eaten barbecue have been on the east coast. Okay. Um, and I'm uh, uh, that's still my bag. Um, but barbecue in itself, the cooking process is still, you know, in my mind, very similar. Like mm. I read, like I'm the biggest consumer of barbecue information on our life. I constantly read like I constantly read up on you know, if a new cookbook comes out on barbecue I bought it, I've read it within a yeah. day. Like I just consume I can tell you all the science behind it. Like I can tell you why things cook the way they cook and how they cook and if you you know, if you want to elongate your cookbook it hasn't been in long enough, I can tell you how to do that. And I can I can run classes on it. Yes. But the, my knowledge is like it's off the hook. Yeah. Like often I did a university degree, I tell you, I know more about barbecue than I do a degree. Isn't it amazing though? <laughs> it's when you find your thing, isn't it? That's, um, then you want to know more and more and more. And yeah, and it's, it's your passion, isn't it? Like, you want, like barbecue's a challenge. Mm. The whole thing's a challenge from running a viable business to cooking meat. Like, you know, every brisket's different. You can cook it in different ways. You can cook it straight and, un- and unwrapped. You can wrap it. You can do all these different things. To kind of to get the same cooked end product, really, yeah. it will slightly be slightly different. So, do you know when the meat arrives that that might need to be treated differently yeah. from the last lot? You do, yeah. yeah. Just through look and okay. size, and you know the marbling content in it. Oh, absolutely. So you oversee, and you've got other yeah. people that look after the. Yeah, barbecues. everyone gets trained. Right. Everyone's trained. So I think I've got three or four people. I think I've got. 
there's about five of us you can cook barbecue now. Yeah. But three main guys and me. So there's four of us really that cook barbecue day in, day out. You know, and they all know how to do it. They all do it to the way that I want it done. Because mm. you can do it different. People have got different ideas about how to cook it. Yeah. But I've got my ideas and they follow my ideas. Um, but yeah, even like... Like I'm, I'm, I, I dream about... I used to dream a lot about me. <laughs> and now I dream more about wood. Right. So I feel like I know meat pretty well now. But now I'm like, you know, different wood will give you different flavour. Yeah. It's about burn time. It's about even like the moisture content in the wood will give you a different flavour. So I've got a probe that'll tell me the, the, the moisture content of a said piece of wood. Yes. You know, if it's if it's got more moisture and if it's got more water in it, it'll take longer to burn. The initial stages of combustion is the only thing that produces the smoke. So that smoke, it will smoke for longer and eventually take up, take light and then provide the fuel. Yeah. So we use red gum for both fuel and flavour. So red gum goes on, burns down in the coals, put a new log on, that's your flavour. Eventually that will stop smoking and ignite and then burn down in the coals and okay, fuel and flavour, fuel and yeah. flavour all day long. But how do you, you know, how do you make that, for example, like you want more smoke? Yeah. You know, how do you know about that? Or your, your temperature and your barbecue's dropping, how do you figure that out? Like, these are all things you have to learn. Yeah, that's right. And your barbecue's... I'll so, take you across and show yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Because they're mental. Yeah. Like, and that's... Constant checking, then I guess. Is it? Every That's every thirty minutes, twenty minutes, we, we look at the fires. Yeah. Like barbecue is much fire management as it is anything else. Yeah. Much from prep, you know. Even even the specifications of your meat are like like I'm pedantic about it, um, and it's hard when it's grass fed because it's less consistent. Oh, okay, yeah. Grain fed, you can you can stuff a cow full of grain and all yeah. make a brisket a certain size. What puts me off that wagyu, really? But anyway, yeah, well, untrendy to say, but yeah. I don't know. Well, I've never been a big fan of wagyu for barbecues. I find it too fatty. Yeah. Even though you want fatty, because it keeps moisture in. Yeah. But I just, I've always found them too rich. Yeah. That's why I really like grass-fed. Plus the the benefits for the cow and the planet. Mm. Um. And what about things like just to throw, um, you know, something into the thing? We've just been on a road trip all the way up through Victoria to New South Wales. And just yeah. when you go through the farmland in, in, in Australia, it's really devastated. It's ne- it was never a landscape for hooved animals. What, yeah. Would you, could you barbecue roux? Be dry. Oh, yeah, because it doesn't have much fat, does it? No, extremely lean. Uh, you can smoke it, but you'd have to smoke it just to... Yeah, so it wouldn't imp- be the same. ...impart yeah. a bit of flavour. It wouldn't be that... So low and slow is all about really rough cuts. Yes. Working with your shoulders... You know, briskets, which are the chest, keeping that old beast up the whole time. Yeah. Um, ribs, which are just essentially muscular fat and collagen, you know, so everything... Oh, that rib was so good. Was it? The rib was so good. It just <laughs> fell off the bone. It was so good. Uh, so that, 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 you know, you can get a bad rib and you can get a good rib, right? That rib would have had a marble score of at least probably four plus. Yeah, yeah. So it would have a lot of marbling through it, would have broken down. What's the crustiness on it? What's the salt and pepper. Oh, really? That's oh, it. That's so good. So I'm a traditionalist in terms of barbecue, like, and that kind of goes through from, like, the fact that we try to create a regional style within Australia instead of replicating a regional style from America. Yeah. Um, but I will stick to certain things, like beef is cracked black pepper and salt. That's it. No more, no less. Like, that's the only thing we put on it. 
um, and then put oil on it. Don't to, you? To, to, no, 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 just water. So right. oil is a barrier between smoke hanging onto the meat and penetrating the meat. Okay. So I use water because water's soluble. Right. So layer of water, give it a rub, just salt and pepper, give it a sprinkle, pat it, get it in the pit. Cold meat as well. Cold meat absorbs more smoke than room temperature meat. So you put your butt, you put your meat in there straight out of the fridge. Okay. So look, little things like this, yeah, yeah. you have to you learn over the years, like, you know. Even allowing your rub to sit on there and start to draw moisture up for about 15, 20 minutes before you put them on the pit in the fridge. Just because it's drawing moisture up, it's creating that tacky surface. Yeah. Smoke then rolls over the top, clings onto it. Like all these things. Yeah. But yeah, that crusty bit's just something. It's so good. <laughs> it's just a favourite. Huh? But um, yeah. yeah, same like the if you the, the pull pork, the bark on that is just uh, like a sugar-based spicy rub, like paprika, cumin, mm. salt. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I, it's, it's my bag. Yeah. Look, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sickness. I think I'm like obsessive compulsive about it, and I'm not obsessive compulsive about anything else. But trying to kind of cook. The perfect barbecue is like the mission. Yeah. It's the mission. I'm even doing comparisons to other barbecue restaurants now in terms of the way I go about the things. I'm like, right, how do they do it? Why yeah. do they do it like that? What are the reasons why? Well, I can compare it to me. Like, this is, you know, I think about their model of food service. How can their, what they're doing be replicated when their model of food service is different to mine, but their result is really great? Mine's great, but like, what can I learn from them to make mine even better? Yeah, yeah. Or, is theirs better? If not, like, well, don't worry about it. But like, I'm trying to. I'm always thinking about how I, how I can improve things. Yeah, always. Yeah, it's great. It's kind of like the fun, the challenge. It is the, that's the challenge. The challenge was to build the joint first. Well, yeah. And create a product that people wanted to come and eat. Yeah. That was the real challenge because I'm not like I'm not a trained chef. Like I like the food. Like I like it a lot. You know, and I grew up, you know, cooking with my mother, as most kind of cliched foodies did and uh, you know like eventually it just got to the point where I, I loved food and cooking barbecue more than I did anything else yeah and it's how great that you can do this day in day out yeah that was <laughs> a joy it's an absolute joy like it's you know and dry, like I've got a barbecue joint in Red Hill yeah it's mental <laughs> like it's a foodie destination it's how did that good, happen yeah. you know what I mean well, all paths lead to where we are, I suppose, but yes, not without a lot of hard work. Well, so, yeah, yeah. That's, what I, that's what I say, like, you know, I'm here because of putting the hard graphs and made the sacrifice. Yeah, you and know, it's, it's through the networking and it's through discovering what you love and then it's through yeah, your yeah. devouring of books and talking to people and whatever. Like it's, oh, and having a supportive family behind yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I mean, that's you and I. Yeah. We've got no family in the country. No. Like, it's just me and her. Yeah. So what did we, like, we had to figure out what... You know, what do we do with our children during the day sometimes? Yes. Like, yeah. But it's all going down. Do you want to show me the yeah, Okay. Yeah. I used to cook a lot of chicken in there. That okay. used to draw. That draws really 
hot and fast. Okay, they have like rotisserie things in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yes, yes. I'll show you. Oh. So this is the firebox, wood goes in here. Ah, yeah. That's all we've done burning down. Oh, it smells so good. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> These doors are about 22 kilos a piece. I just don't need to go to the gym, this is all like, no, you're welcome. Big shoulders. Double bubble here. So what we've done, these are wrapped. What yeah. we do, there's a point when barbecue is called the stall. But it'll just, it'll cook to a certain point and it won't cook anymore. It's essentially what's happened, the moisture's getting drawn out of your meat. Oh, okay. And it sits on the surface. And it's fabric cooling, basically. So it's like a human sweat, it cools down. So hot air runs over the top and it's cooling down the meat. And that can take hours until it stops doing that. So the way you get over it is that you wrap it, you know, you can wrap it with foil or pink butcher's paper or other things, but essentially it's, that will just kind of braise and sweat in there until it's up to 10. Yeah, okay. And then briskets. But yeah, these are all custom built. So chimneys, you can see you've had the chimneys sitting in the middle. Yeah. So essentially, if you add it up here, sitting on top, your smoke will come out of your firebox and your heat and it'll just run along the top. You know? Yeah, so, so, so this draws it yeah, straight, through, yeah. straight through the middle. So it's all these things that you kind of, you pick up from others and you learn and you, yeah. you try to recreate. No one's got anything like this in traffic. You know, even the, even the big boys of barbecue. Yeah. Like, these are... Who do you consider the big boys of barbecue? Ah. Uh, Fancy Hanks. Oh yeah. Hanks have been around for a long time. They started yeah. up probably about nine months before I did. We've done, you know, events together, not together as a collaboration, but festivals together. Yeah. Um, I spoke know. to um, Mike. Tattoos. Ken? Yes, no tattoos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, Mike's a great yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, so I know Mike. Uh, well, basically, the people who are OY thing at the big boys are the people that are doing it and are not taking shortcuts. Yeah. Because like, I don't think there should be shortcuts to this game. The reason why it's as good as it is is because you laboured over it. Yeah. Like, I don't believe, I don't believe in, you know, like rotisserie cookers that are gas assist or, you know, that's things that are set and forget or people who suit Verde stuff before smoking. Like, this is like we keep it as traditional as possible. Yeah. Like if you, you know, if you, if this doesn't remind you of, of a barbecue joint in America, I'm doing something greatly wrong. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is it. But these are my dates. Look at this one, 1972. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're phenomenal. I love it. Ten mil thick. Amazing. Two and a half ton, five meters long in the end. Oh. And they're all the same. Yeah. So that's where the, the theatre of it and the, yeah, and right. the spectacle. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, beautiful. It's like, it's like being in an airport hangar, really. Like, they're like massive yeah. rockets, aren't they? Yeah. It's yeah. just, barbecue's just the scale of it. It's big and, you know, we, we've got a very family-friendly vibe. Yeah. So, long benches, shared tables. If you don't know the person sitting next to you, hopefully you will buy the end of your meal. That's awesome. Like, yeah. But this, this is, like, this is recreate from stuff that, stuff that I experienced in America. Yes. You know, like, I've had some great kind of family style meals at random restaurants, like small town places in the States, and this is, you know, this is pretty bowl of food out in front of you, either. Yeah, yeah. 
Hollywood really is a place in where Melissa's mother lives on an island called the Florida House. And that was all, it was just like a Florida we It's like very traditional kind of home style kind of service. And only did it for like twice, two nights a week or something silly like that. And you see this next to some dudes you've never met in your life. And yet they all be sharing from the same big pot of mashed potatoes. Like, we try to recreate that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but, that's great. Yeah, I think that's um. I talk a good. lot about it. Like, oh, it's great. It's mental. <laughs> I'll go get the list. Thank you. Great idea.